Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me. Help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On, Man a 3% man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. You, my friend, are listening to another excellent episode of Come On, Man, If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to also hit those notifications. This week is a real treat for you. I had 3% brother from London, England, Richard Joy, join me. Richard's a men's coach on all sorts of things from spirituality to finding your life's purpose. He's also the author of a book called Lost Boy to Awakened Man, The Seven-Step Transformational Guide which you can get for free on his website or via paperback on Amazon. We discuss his coaching practice, his life journey, his YouTube channel, as well as his 3% path and how Corey Wayne's work was life-changing for him. I'll bring you all of that right after this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the crevasse, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome-smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, this week I have Richard Joy, 3% brother from London, England with me today. How's it going, Richard? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, your story is interesting because uh, you're, you're pretty quiet on the page, but uh, you reached out to me and it turns out that you're a men's coach. Yeah, yeah. You, you could say I'm a men's coach. That's certainly something that uh, my broader organization, Awakened Man, has sort of morphed into. Mm-hmm. Um, its main focus is what I call the seven step path of initiation, which is fundamentally about finding yourself as a man. Mm-hmm. And we obviously go through seven steps. The first three steps are internal. And then we find our very core and then we take that back out into our life purpose. And then we explore the nature of ourselves as men, as well as the feminine nature, which I'm sure we may touch on today, given Corey Wayne's been pretty influential. Mm-hmm. in that regard to me and then how we actually live that out and I originally started with my book and online courses but then people started to say do you offer one-on-one coaching and now that's pretty much what I do um exclusively got it yes yeah. speaking of your book so uh you're the author of lost boy to awakened man the seven-step transformational guide 
It's available free in PDF version on your website. And it's also available on paperback on Amazon. Can you, is that, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure, sure. So this is really the cortex of what Awaken Man is all about. And obviously the title from Lost Boy says where I've come from to the state of the awakened man, quote unquote. And it really charts my journey from a place of being really lost when I was young. And the big thing for me and why I call it being a lost boy is that I grew up in a very feminine environment. So my father left the family home, parents got divorced when I was about 10. And then my elder brother sort of took on the mantle of the, the sort of parental male figure. But without an actual father around, he got himself in all sorts of trouble, fell into drugs, really lost himself in all of that. And really sort of turned on me and my mother, became quite a frightening figure, a scary figure. And then for a long time, that meant I'd re- I was quite damaged, a little bit afraid, if you like, of, of uh, authoritative masculine figures, I guess you could say. And this led me to really go into my shell and almost identify more with my mother because that was sort of a safe place. But of course, as I grew up, I realized that I was, yeah, for want of a better word, lost. I was mm-hmm. overmothered and underfathered. And with that as well, I had a lot of resentment inside of me, especially towards my father and elder brother, which I just hadn't dealt with for a long, long time. And that led me to carrying lots of anger and resentment and getting involved in all that sort of really radical type politics where I thought I was, you know, figuring out the world and putting the world to rights. But I I had to really look inside myself and realize that there was a lot of anger and resentment in me first. And uh, then, then my elder brother ended up dying from his drug addiction issues. So that was like a real wake up call for me because I'd had this resentment towards him and we'd really lost contact and had a very fractious relationship and then he died. So Mm. it was a a very tough time, a very strange time. And I had such a mixture of feelings because one part of me was still really resentful for the way you treat me when I was younger. But another part of me sort of, felt guilty and missed my brother and didn't know how to cope with these conflicting emotions. And I did my absolute utmost to sort myself out. You know, I I read business books. I learned how to present myself and I left all of the sort of higher education study into all these radical politics. I realized this just isn't going to help me. I, I need to sort my life out. And I did everything I could. And I built this persona, if you like, this guy who, could wear a nice suit and all that sort of stuff. There's a John Lennon lyric. He says, you can wear a suit and look quite cute, but you know you can't hide when you're crippled inside. And that's the way I felt for a long time. I was still beneath it all. I was still very lost. But I did everything to fix this external self. And I ended up getting a nice girlfriend and a good job and a flat in London. <clears throat> so on the surface, I'd kind of made it. But within, I was still so broken And I was just trying to live this false life for a long time. This is the life of the lost boy, as I call it. It comes in many different forms, but essentially it's where you're chasing external things for meaning. You haven't grounded yourself as a man yet. And long story short, I was in this state for a number of years and the job I was in was quite a decent job, but it was very stressful and I wasn't in the right place to deal with it. And then I was in this absolute nightmare relationship, which I may... (laughs) Touch on later, I was very obsessive with her, quite needy, didn't know how to handle myself as a man in the relationship. We've all been and there. It basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it led to her uh, seeking, I guess you could say, other options, which really broke me. But I didn't ha- have the knowledge, the skills, the foundation as a man to know, to so that was a boundary I had to put down and walk away. I was still in that lost boy state, if you like, because deep within, I still felt like uh, the child who'd lost his family. You know, that was what was really speaking out of me. That was clinging, you know, to this girl. And I just got really beaten up in that relationship because I couldn't walk away. So I was almost living off the crumbs of it, you know, because she was this hot girl. And 
I was one of these typical guys. I thought, oh, we've got this magical connection. But anyway, it, it really um, was harming me in a big way. And thankfully, eventually she left. She actually moved countries and uh, with her job. And around that time, that's when I had this huge explosion in my life. And uh, everything was just too much. And I ended up in a rehab in the middle of nowhere in England. Mm-hmm. And... It so, was, so you got into you ended up getting into drugs a little bit yourself then, or yeah, it was more drinking really with me. It was more okay. drinking. There was a bit of of drugs, but it was never really what did it for me. I was more drinking to maintain the facade of this kind of confident guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and in time, I uh, yeah, I ended up having this major just breakdown. I thought I can't do this anymore, and I ended up in this rehab. And it was really more than anything. It was just a place to get away from everything, get away from the work, get away from that relationship and just start afresh. But something happened to me, man. Like in going there and it being this, I I completely gave in. And when I completely gave in, there was this sense of peace within, you know, very strong, very small, but very real sense of peace right in my gut. And since then I've become very interested in, paths of initiation and spiritual work and men's work. That's obviously what I work in now. Mm-hmm. And I realize now that I'd had this kind of transformative experience an initiatory experience, if you like, where I realized that I can't do this mm-hmm. and I'd let go completely. And in the letting go, if you like, I'd, I'd opened a deeper part of myself, which was very deeply rooted in something true. And I realized at that point that I wasn't quite in control of my life. And that was a good thing. I'd almost let go of the control and it allowed me to almost start existing from a deeper plane. You know, Corey Wayne actually talks a lot, especially towards the end of 3% Man about living from a, living out your love and, and projecting that in your, in your world. And I think that was maybe my first experience of something like that, where I was rooted in something deeper than my ego and my mm-hmm. own selfish desires, my fears, my anxieties. I'm not saying it was all magically fixed in a moment. It wasn't. I was still in a bad way. I was still quite fragile, but I knew something had shifted. And with that, I became very fascinated with spiritual work and and men's work. And like I say, initiation and transformations and why these things happened. And that took me on this long journey of, uh, of doing all manner of different types of work. I pretty much did everything you can imagine. Tried the lot. And it really worked for me. I I really came alive. I mean, I I found myself, basically. I found that you can never find happiness outside of yourself. Uh, I found that there's a story of life that we're all part of, and it's more about letting go to that rather than trying to control that. Well, at least which gave me peace and gave me direction in life. And as I started to put this together, I became quite interested in people like Carl Jung, uh, Joseph Campbell as well. The sort of... um, writers and thinkers who speak a lot about the principles by which a man finds himself. The hero's journey, I suppose, is the most archetypal example, but there's a a process through which a man finds himself and he almost has to go on this journey of death and rebirth. And I start to read more into this and see that this is cross-cultural worldwide. Since Mm -hmm. the beginning of time, this is a story of men. And then I started to see I had not had any experience in my life of anything like that you know like i said earlier there was no male guides there was no formative figures there was no one showing me the right direction so i just fell down a black hole and i guess you could say i was lucky or maybe it was fate for me to do that but it allowed me to go through the experience and find myself and then i started putting the pieces together and i realized that i had come back to myself as a man or find myself found myself as a man by a three core principles. Number one was making peace with my earthly father, my actual father and reconnecting with him as much as I, I can. I understand that's not always easy for lots of guys, but you do what you can. Then the second step was, as I call it, making peace with my cultural father. Um, I understand people have different political perspectives today, but I'll just leave it as saying that I was very negative towards my country and the values of it and I think that a lot of that was really coming from um, my own dislike or, or distrust or resentment towards my father and elder brother and once I'd repaired those relationships I was able to almost make peace with the broader 
archetypal masculine elements of life, discipline, boundaries, these sorts of things. So it's placing those in my life and I really start to get a lot of structure, a lot of focus and be able to handle life, you know, be able to be decisive. And ultimately, um, the last step was making peace with what I call the universal or the divine father. So that's almost like life itself, mm-hmm. opening up my spirit um, to a quote unquote father, which can guide me. Some people may see that as God, some evolution or, or life itself, however you want to see it. Once I'd implemented those three things, I realized that I was really onto something. And that's when I started my company, which originally was called Recovering Man, because it was about helping men recover from these bad states, as well as recovering the archetypes of masculinity and the rituals of masculine growth. Mm-hmm. But it's since become Awakened Man. So From Lost Boy to Awakened Man is the title of the book. Okay. And that's, yeah, just a, a quick run through, although I probably went on a little bit too long, but that's a quick run through of, of what the book's about. No, that's perfect. Um, I also noticed on your website, though, that um, you have a whole section that just says like free PDF books. And it's not just the uh, Lost Boy to Awakened Man. You, you there's, a, there's a bunch of them on there. Are those all yours or are they just other ones that, that uh, inspired you? No, those PDFs are all mine. So they're all PDFs that guys can download for free. Um, they're just really simply giving value out there. They tend to focus on different areas, again, like Awakened Man does as an organization. So some of them are more spiritually minded, for instance, meditation. Some of them are a lot more practical. There's one called Get Your Shit Together, which mm-hmm. is all about just getting yourself sorted. That's very popular at this time of year. Yes. And then, each, yeah, yeah. And then also uh, I do like a yearly planner for people as well if they want to pick up that and then there's I think one on life hacks and one on the path of initiation itself so plenty of material there for guys to get their teeth into got it yeah so you you um so you do not just men's coaching but like but personal and spiritual development uh I think you touched a little bit about that in the book but can you can you tell me more about your like your coaching practice, like what's, what's that like? I, I've, I've never used a, a, a life coach or, or anything like that. So how does that work? Yeah. So again, the whole life coaching world is, is very vast. Um, sure. And I would probably say I'm not really a traditional life coach in, in the traditional sense, you know, where usually a guy will come to a life coach and they'll have certain goals. Um, and what the, life coach will do they'll tend to help that person realize the actualization of those goals what i do tends to be a bit more along the lines of men's work which is really delving into who we are as men and finding ourselves as men so nine times out of ten if i'm working with somebody what we'll do is the path of initiation now my youtube channel is always referencing this path of initiation because that's the core seven steps will walk together is that is that like jumping into a gang where you got a bunch of people lined up and they beat you up or like what's (laughs) (laughs) i'm just playing no no incidentally that is quite common in initiation rituals unfortunately not in mine i might get sued for it but uh (laughs) make them sign a waiver yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe when uh we're out of lockdown here in the UK. I mean, I really do want to get some retreats going because that's where the magic happens as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not too uncommon when you do men's work for real as well to actually have, well, maybe wrestling, maybe not quite fighting, but you'll have wrestling. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that, that can be part of the more uh, out there side of it on the events. But in terms of what I do, it's more of a realization of our limitations, our resentments and our fears. So we'll first of all do this, audit where we go over everything internally we'll just find out what's bothered you in your life what's made you the person you are now i'm a big believer that when we grow in the world especially in this day and age where we don't have that many guides to push us in the right direction we form our personalities usually around something that traumatized us now it might be big, it might be small, but usually we have an experience, say you got bullied at school or there was some tough kid who used to take the mick out of you for some reason. And very often what happens is we inculcate that, we see that it's fear, and then we build a personality trait to defend ourselves. And that's normal to an extent, you know, that's part of, of growing, that's part of life. And it defends us. So what you find is guys will, will grow up with those personality traits, but it might mean that they fly off the handle a bit too easily. It might mean that they shake when someone 
tries to threaten them or, or, or psych them out or something like that. We have to explore each of those instances to find what happened in the first place and then start to basically undo a lot of that work and take them back to their very core energy. And that's the more classically spiritual stuff, if you will, where we're basically just aiming to get to that place of neutrality, where we're not judging anything, but we're aware of everything. And once we get to that place, we can start to rebuild. And that is basically classic initiation stuff. But in a way, to get there, it's almost we have to, first of all, acknowledge our limitations. So by acknowledging our limitations, we can find the limitless, i.e. that that awareness of all of our states of being and our issues within to help us overcome those. And then as we move into the third step, that's when we start dealing with what I call the higher self and the lower self. The higher self is the you, which is the neutral you before thoughts and worries and anxieties. And then the lower self, I guess you could, you could basically say it's synonymous with the ego. It's the fears. It's the, uh, the indiscipline. It's those parts of us that, that we can't quite trust, but we have to be aware of. And once we start to understand that, that we have that dual nature within it's, it's then we, we start to then form it into how do we actually live this life? And then just to run through it quickly, we move into the nature of value frameworks. As I said earlier, I'm a really big believer that it's very important for a man to be rooted in something, his code of honor, his code of ethics. Again, I think that lots of men have been taken away from that today. It's a bit of a tragedy and it harms men a great deal when they don't have that. Um, but we have to, to reawaken that because it's within us all. It's within our languages and cultures. I'm not saying you have to ad adhere to whatever your own culture is. You can find something that works for you, but you have to have something and know what it's rooted in. So we explore value frameworks, not values, value frameworks, because you have to understand where you're coming from rather than what specific values are that they will take care of themselves. Once we've got those, that's how you start to form a purpose. More accurately, your purpose will be formed for you. I mean, there's a wonderful saying by Joseph Campbell that something like we must be willing to let go of the life we planned to find the life that's waiting for us. Mm. I think that's exactly where we get to in that part of the, of the journey. Then we start applying it to actual goals, you know, goal hierarchy, how we're going to live that out. And as I said before, then we move into to women and what we want from women and how we relate to women then our lives as men and the three fathers I mentioned earlier. And then we have the last step where we actually focus on practically doing this stuff for the long term. Got it. That's really great. And, and going back to purpose, we, we chatted about this a little bit before uh, recording, but a lot of guys in the 3% man Facebook group are, they're struggling to find their purpose in life. Mm. Um, mm. So that you get a lot of, I mean, I, I think most people don't even really think about it, you know, mm. on a day-to-day -day basis, like, oh, I need a purpose. Like they're just focused on their, like just getting through the day or, you know, a lot of guys get really tunnel visioned, especially in the 3% man group, they get tunnel visioned on women, you know, and they don't realize that having a mission in life, a purpose in life is way more important than women. And if you could focus on that, the women will come eventually. Mm. Does it like it, they just show up? It's like magic. Um, what would you say is the, I don't know, if there's a Cliff's Notes version to trying to find your purpose in life, is there like, uh, what would you say is like the most important thing to focus on when you're trying to figure out what your purpose is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can give you two really quick answers. Number one, it's, there's a great title of this book, this guy wrote this guy's popularized stoicism for the modern era called the obstacle is the way. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried about what your purpose is, go and find an obstacle. And we've all got obstacles in our life. And this is again, why in my path of initiation, we go within first, because you'll find plenty of obstacles in there. And once you start to face them, that, that is your purpose alone. And then the other thing is if you don't have a purpose and you really feel you need one, then finding your purpose is your purpose. <laughs> And then finally, aside from that, I do think there is an element today as well of simply letting go. You know, we, we so overlook that. We live in this culture of do, 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 do. And that's not always a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Taking action is very important. But sometimes it's being still, you know, and even being purposeless will paradoxically show you a deeper meaning of life, even beyond purpose as well. And just to you know, echo what you were saying there. 
it's so true what you said, you know, and, and that is, again, one of the, the great things about Corey Wayne um, that, that I found between him and other writers, especially in the whole, whatever you call it, pick Man, up. Manosphere. Yeah. Manosphere. Yeah. That he, he's always been very, it's very much about building yourself as a man rather than creating a facsimile of a man to impress women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and go back to what you said about sometimes finding your life purpose is your purpose. <laughs> uh, I always sort of look at the life's purpose thing as your life's purpose changes throughout your life. You know, like uh, when I was younger, I would say that you know my purpose was to be a, a a good father to my my kids. It still is, but you know when they were first born, it was like okay, this is my new purpose, and you know being a good husband and stuff like that, that all fizzled away, but uh, found other purposes since then. But you, you find little, little purposes along the way that sort of I find lead you into a bigger purposes. Oh, you... definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you also touched on something really important there as well, in that you, you're going with the flow of life, mm-hmm. which I think is the most important thing. Cause very often, again, like the Joseph Campbell quote, I, I just mentioned a moment ago, it, one of the things is we we're often looking for that great purpose and it stops us seeing what life has got in store for us anyway. And mm-hmm. more often than not, it's sometimes just about stopping and seeing what's actually happening in your life and addressing that. And you'll find plenty of purpose in that first, but that's what life wants you to do very often, especially in this day and age, because there's so much sexy marketing around and, you know, we all love the story of the kind of Michael Jordans of the world. But the reality is in our own lives, it might look mundane, but once you go and actually start facing it, you, you do, you build character in new ways. And as you say, the purpose will move and, and develop and, and change with you as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so I noticed on your, on your personal Facebook page that you studied at the University of Nottingham. What did you, mm. what did you mm. study there? Yeah, so there I, this was where I was in my quite radical years, I guess you could say. That's where I studied cultural studies and critical theory, which is, it's this um, worldview which sees the world as basically, as basically a construct of power, you know. Now, I mentioned earlier that I was perhaps engaging in those sorts of studies because there was an inner resentment inside of me. And that's not to say that everyone involved in that is like that, but it was certainly what I was like. And this is why, I mean, there was quite a a huge change in me because I was studying that sort of stuff and I was almost looking for answers and looking to almost pull something down in the world out of some kind of... (laughs) inner anger, if you like. And it, it led me to embracing that, this worldview. It's the sort of worldview that would probably view Corey Wayne and the 3% man as toxic masculinity, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and that's why I, I, it was while I was in the middle of studying that, that my brother died. So I had to then start really looking at my life and think, look, I've got to sort this out. And once I completed that course, I could have gone on and done further studies, but I got to that point. I thought I've got to take control of my own life. You know, I've got to start owning my own life. And in a way they're the first green shoots of actual adult manhood that were coming through. I was about 25 at the time, which is quite late, but still better late than never, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I actually completed that course and left. And and then that's when I came down to London and I started uh, basically as an editorial assistant in a publishing house. And it was a bit of a jump from one to the other, but it's one of the things I'm most proud of in my life because it was right by me. You know, it was the mm-hmm. right thing to do to actually start taking responsibility for my life, earning my own way and fighting to forge my own little path in the world. Is that how you got into writing? Yeah. I mean, I think I'd, I, I've always had that side to me ever since I was quite young. Um, I've always been quite introspective person. I think uh, there's always been a, an interest that I guess you could say in, in human nature. And as well, I mean, I honestly think before I really started to find myself, I was deeply troubled with that existential angst, if you like, that uh, I think lots of young men have today. Because again, they, they haven't really had anyone to really ground them in a strong sense of 
meaning, community and identity in who they are, especially with regards to growth as men. And, um, and again, look, that, that has opened up lots of doors. Books like 3% Man probably wouldn't be around if we, if we were sort of grounded in that philosophy from, from the very beginning. It's even bigger than a philosophy, really. But, uh, but I'd always had that very strong contemplative nature and I was always thinking and musing about the nature of the world and the nature of life and what my role was and writing really from a very young age about that. So wherever I've been in my life, whatever ideology I've been part of or not been part of, I've been writing. Got it. Okay. There's, I, I, there's a few people on the page that I, I know since I've been in the 3% man group, which is uh, almost a year now where they say that they want to write a book and stuff like that. Uh, I, I feel like if you're a naturally a good writer, then writing a book is probably somewhat easy, but I feel like if, like if someone's like, I want to write a book, but they have no, they've never done that before. Um, what, what suggestions would you have for someone that wants to write their own book? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think for starters, you, you have to have, this is sounds so obvious, but you have to have something to say. You sure. really do, because you'll get tired once you get to about 30, 40,000 words. You know, you really will. And it'll become a, a drag and a strain. You have to really want to get something out and be like, this is something I either just really need to explore for my own unexplainable reasons, or this is a story I need to tell. So first of all, you have to be quite solid because it, the sexiness of it does wear off in time, you know, especially when you're working. So, you know, you do a long day, then you come home and you've got to write a thousand words. It's, it, it can drag on you. And then at the weekend, you've got to do more. So you have to do something that you're genuinely interested in, you love and you feel a natural passion about. And then the second thing is you're going to have to plan it. Not meticulously, because there needs to be a bit of space for you to go where you need to go. But you need to have quite a solid plan and be sure roughly speaking, where you're going to go with it, because otherwise you can just start veering off into a bit of nothingness and you go off on tangents. That's a mistake I made when I was writing the book. I'd pretty clear what I was going to up to about chapter seven. And then you start sometimes ranting on and rambling on, especially when you've got lots of ideas about a topic. So it really does pay to have a, a basic structure of what you want to say and also be speaking it out with someone who at least roughly understands your ideas, just so you can make sense of them. So you don't want to get facing the blank page with the, the space flashing at you. And then you're just flying off into the middle of nowhere. It can get all very confusing. So making sure that you're making sense is a big one. And then finally as well, if, if you do actually go through with it and start writing a book and, and you get there, it's worth finding somebody who is either kind enough to help you or even paying for somebody to help you to actually read it, to go through it and just process it, give you their thoughts, let you know what they think about it. That really does pay off. And then also, if you'd have the time and you're not up against massive constraints, putting it away for a week and just doing something else completely and then going back and, and reading it over yourself because it's quite eye-opening. Um, one, the mistakes you've made, but two, you also read some of your own points with fresh eyes and, and that can really help the whole process. Got it. Okay, that's a good tip for when I write my book. No, <laughs> I don't have any plans to do that anytime soon. Um, but speaking of books, uh, you mentioned Corey and obviously, you know, you're a member of the 3% Man Facebook group and you reached out to me uh, and you and you said that Corey's work like really changed your life. And I, I want to get that story. How, how did Corey's work change your life? Yeah, so, I mean, as I said earlier, I, I was in this, in this really toxic relationship for quite a long time, which was largely due to my own just lack of self-esteem, lack of knowing who I was as a man. And it was actually that girl who said, uh, she said, I was, I was at some house party and this guy was showing me 3% Man, a book called 3% Man. And she said, you should read it. And I remember being like, yeah, I'm not going to read that, you know, yeah. being all pissy about it. And, uh, and then, I, and then I went and got it. I got it off Amazon or something like that. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember reading a bit of it and just, I was still quite butthurt by it because she was recommending this thing to me. And, um, and then I remember being 
like oh it's just pickup yeah you know I'm, I'm like beyond pickup I'm above pickup and all that sort of thing uh-huh yeah and I was still quite reticent to actually you know <laughs> engaging with the material and then um I think I it was one of those things where it's like you're drawn to it you know you, you might be making this big show but you, you you're kind of drawn to it and you're drawn to what it's saying and then I just started to leave through it and it was like gold. It really was. I just couldn't believe what I was reading. In one sense, it felt so obvious. You know, it felt like I kind of already know this on some deep level. Mm-hmm. But on another sense, it was just like counter to everything I've been taught in my life. Because as I said earlier, I'd sort of grown up without any masculine role models. I'd grown up largely in a sort of female environment, if you will. And then into university where my studies were all kind of of the feminist variety too. So this way I was in that kind of, as they call it today, blue pill thinking of pretty much, um, you know, girls just want a nice guy, be Mr. Romantic, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, be really sweet and try and um, bear your soul when you first meet them and stuff like that, because I'll be like them and they'll like me for that. And we'll connect and they'll feel sorry for me. That really was my mentality. And I just kept striking out time and time again. And I just didn't ever know what it was. But once I started to read it, it all started to just make massive, massive sense. And I should say as well, at the time when I was dating this girl, there was this plumber who used to come around and do some work at her flat, you know, and he was a bit of a happy-go-lucky guy, but he used to flirt with her and fancy her. And I could see that she liked it. You know, she was with me, but she liked it. And it used to drive me mad. And I could never put my finger on what it was. Like, why, when she's with me and I've got this nice job, why is she kind of, you could see there was this chemistry. And again, it, knowing what I know now, if, if I was in that situation, I would just love her and leave her, basically. You know, do we, like, be happy? But, <laughs> but back then, I had no idea why. And I, then I started reading this book, and then I realised this dude... He's not got any needy energy that I've got. He's just comfortable in himself, mm-hmm. you know? And I, look, looking back, I can't blame the guy for having a crack, you know? <laughs> he was just a man and she's an attractive woman. Yeah. But it just made so much sense to me all of a sudden. I was like, ah, oh, I get it now. I've been just pouring out all this feminine energy for so long. And then sometimes I'd like have one too many drinks and be really confident and cocky. And that would kind of make you think, oh, maybe he's kind of all right. And then I'd go back to feeling anxious and nervous and afraid. And, uh, and it, yeah, it, it just, it was like the first thing that really opened my eyes to, um, to basically the basics of sexual or gender dynamics, if you will. And even though it opened my eyes in the, you know, he says so many times, you know, you've got to read it 10 to 15 times. I think I read it once and then I put it down and then I started reading all this pickup material instead. I got more interested in traditional pickup. So we end, I ended up breaking up with this girl and we were always on and off and on and off. And in the off times, I was always practicing pickup. But while that did help, like it taught me a lot about actually flirting with women, building attraction getting women to bed, all that sort of stuff, having flings, it still wasn't really helping me with this girl that I was in this needy relationship with. Now, then I had that whole breakdown slash breakthrough experience. And that's when I really started to date again. After about six months to a year, I started to date again. And that's when I started to look at the pickup material, but something about it just didn't seem, it didn't speak to me in the same way anymore because really, I I suppose Again, it, it, it spoke to the, my inner lost boy. It spoke to the part of me that just wanted to go out there and, and grab women. It didn't have the depth I was really looking for. And that's when I went back to 3% Man and started reading 3% Man a lot more because, like I said earlier, it's a book fundamentally, although everything about it seems to be about dating and relationships, it's fundamentally about you as a man and building yourself as a man first. And if you don't do that, you're not going to get anything else. So that's when I sort of took Corey Wayne on more as the guy that I go to, the guy that actually makes sense. This is a guy that's, it's far richer than just dating and trying to attract women. It's it's basically the whole package. It's also about relationships. It's about how to handle women in general. It's about how to handle yourself as a man. And to be honest, I've always found that 
it just doesn't pull any punches. So I've always found it very reliable to go back to mm-hmm. because all too often it's very, well, I, I personally find it very easy to get complacent. You know, I'll make progress and then I'll get lazy and complacent. And I constantly need to reaffirm the material to myself. And again, like he says, read it 10 to 15 times. I think I read it about three times, but then I don't know if anyone else has done this, but I got the audio book mm-hmm. and then I just started listening to it whenever I was going around London on the tube, on the way to work, on the way back from work, if I had nothing to do. And it, it's just become like a constant refrain at this point. Um, and like I say, I think the reason why it's been so valuable for me, yeah, it's helped me immeasurably with dating so much. Like the difference between the dating before and after, the first noticeable thing was... I was able to have a relationship with somebody and if it ended, we'd leave on a good note. You know, that was like the first time that had ever happened to me. It was always, I just either can't stand her or she can't stand me or we can't stand each other or I'm still in love with her or she's still in love with me. It was always a mess, mm-hmm. but it was the first time I was able, actually able to have relationships and just leave them and say, you know, all, all the best to you. And I really do think that there, there were more factors than just Corey Wayne, but, what he's speaking about is that core truth of you have to find that value in yourself first. If you don't have that, the rest of it will fall away. That's the central pin upon which everything else revolves around. So that's why I've, I've, I've really found it quite so helpful. And then on top of that, just so many helpful little sayings that I've got stuck in my head. Like, you know, you have to be able to walk away and mean it. Mm-hmm. Just such simple things, which is so life-changing. And that, not just with, with women, that goes for really all areas of life. And with some of the main ones with dating, you know, hang out, have fun, hook up, just these simple things that are ingrained in your mind, they're so helpful. And although the material can be a bit fuzzy with lots of it, with those core things, you know, just having them as, as keys that you basically it made an indelible mark on my mind has been so, so helpful. Got it, yeah. Um... Yeah, I agree hundred percent with that. You mentioned, you mentioned the audiobook thing. So I, I listened to it three times on audio and then I bought the paper book, paperback. Oh, right. nice. And so I was yeah. like, I, I'd like to at least read it once in paperback. Cause I felt like I'd retain it better. So I yes. recommend, I, th- I think a lot of the guys on the page do just listen to it on audio. Cause I'm like an audiobook guy. It's just, it, like you said, it's so easy to just, you know, when you're driving, you're at the gym or whatever to just have an audiobook on. But, uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I've read it once. And then I also like read it while I was listening to it once, you know, and um, I've gotten up to, I, I just finished my 14th, like listen of it slash read. Um, how many, have you kept count that? Like, do you know how many times you've gone through? Oh, it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know now. I mean, I, I probably asked, you see, this is the thing though, because with the audiobook, I, I tend to veer away from more the ending because you tend to go more into relationships mm-hmm. so i tend to more stick with the first sort of six seven chapters sure because that's where he's really talking about dating which is what i've been doing a lot of over the last sort of four years although more recently i have been more of a relationship so i have been looking more towards the end of the book but ugh, i would estimate i mean i mean probably about four reads in print and yeah. then i mean i just couldn't say it's just a, a consistent hundreds yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's i think just... it, someone said on the page once that they they felt like once you get to like 20 reads of it you just lose count um, unless mm. you're actually keeping a tally there's a guy on the page that keeps a tally of it and i keep a tally of it just so i i like i know mainly for the podcasts so i guess yeah, like, well, i yeah. read it i've read it this many times i'm <laughs> still trying to get to that magic 15 but yeah. <laughs> i i, I, I want to be like the Bob Proctor of 3% man, you know, I want to just, I want to read it for, for 40 years and yes, give yeah. it seminars on it. Um, so, but before I, I, I read Corey's book, it was, uh, that was really the first book that, especially like a self-help type book that I read more than once. Mm-hmm. And because every other time I would get on a subject that I wanted to learn I'd listen to an audiobook or I'd read a book and then I'd be like ah, I got the gist of it and I'd move on and try to find another book that I could read you know and uh and it wasn't until I got to Corey's book that I was like oh maybe I should go back and revisit some of these I think the first dating book I read was uh, Atomic Attraction and then I think maybe like right after that, I, I, I listened to No More Mr. Nice Guy. And then around yes. then, it's, I, I found Corey's work. And then I started going back and, and re-listening to some of these other books. 
Um, what other books besides your book would, and, and Corey's book, would you recommend to guys uh, that they should listen to? I mean, in, in general, just general men stuff or yeah. relationship stuff? Yeah, men's, men's stuff, being better men, relationships, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd probably say a personal favorite is The Way, is, way of the Superior Man, David Dana. Mm-hmm. That's probably because I, I have a very um, spiritual proclivity. So that one really speaks to me personally. And I, I feel like he goes a, a lot deeper into the kind of divine masculine, divine feminine. Uh, principles are pretty much the same as a 3% man, but he just goes into a bit more about it. He's not everybody's cup of tea, mm-hmm. but uh, it really, really did speak to me, that book. Another one which I found stopped me bitching for life after bitching a lot until I was about 25 was Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. That one is dead easy to read. It's about 90 pages, and it's not the easiest read in the world because it's basically about his experiences in Auschwitz and how he gets through it. And... It's just such a fascinating read because it's the way it, it's more he's explaining how to deal with challenge and adversity in your life. So half of it is his actual experiences and how he did it. And the other half is his theory in practice. And that what, again, what was the name of that one again? Man's Search for Meaning by a guy called Viktor Frankl. I'll put he's that in the a, show notes. Yeah, yeah, it's really worth a read. Very easy to read, very quick read as well. That's uh, another absolute classic. I think Iron John, if guys uh, haven't read that, is definitely worth checking out. That's an absolute classic of what you could call men's work, men's initiation, men's growth. It's an absolutely brilliant book. It's by this American poet called Robert Bly, but he takes on a, a, the famous German uh, sort of fairy tale called Eisenhands. That's Iron John in German. And he, this story, I mean, I don't want to ruin it for you guys if you go and actually read it, but basically it's a story of a, a prince who who has to have these interactions with a wild man. And the man is pretty wild, but it's, it's, it's full of metaphors for how we grow as men, especially for how we overcome inner wounds, how we overcome the state of, of really insecurity, which I think, again, is pretty pervasive in the modern age. That is an absolute classic, well worth reading as well. Uh, if anyone's really interested in spirituality as well, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, I always think is a good open, uh, a good accessible one for that. Really helps helped me a lot in terms of just resting in, in a strong sense of peace and making sense of myself and being comfortable with whatever happens. I do think I'm sort of getting into David Data language here, but the classic archetypal spiritual masculine is stillness. You know, as Corey Way might call it, the rock you know, whereas a woman in Corey Wayne language is joy. And in David Data's language, it's a bit more creativity and dancing and that sort of stuff. But it it, it really has aided me in being still. And I think that's a, a quality that's not only good for our lives, but tends to be very good in relationships too. Got it. Okay. That's a good list. Um, let's see here. So we mentioned that your, your, your website, like earlier on the podcast, it's uh, awakenedman.co.uk. And, um, so I have on here that you have, you, besides like your own, uh, you know, coaching services, uh, you have a bunch of online courses, you have information on exercise, uh, in, in like weightlifting and stuff like that. Um, meditation, spirituality, nutrition, health, psychology, and growth. Like it's just a wealth of information for, for dudes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. It's uh, really a one-stop shop for mind, body, heart, and soul. Um, the website is it's a difficult toss-up, really. But the website and the YouTube channel are probably about equally balanced now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this day and age, people like to see you visually, so I tend to probably put more content out on YouTube. Um, and I think, I think it's just the way we imbibe material today. But I still do write pieces for the website as well. And as you say, they cover many different key areas. I think it's, it's all about moving beyond the individual things of just the physical or just the spiritual or just the romantic to that, that core of just health, you know, of, of coming from a place of health and truth and authenticity and finding ourselves as men, you know, really trying to build that masculine wisdom like I said earlier, unfortunately today, 
those pathways for lots of guys have been taken away. So the way I see it, it's up to us to rebuild them. In fact, actually, I'm just about to launch a forum in about a week's time. I say week's time when this goes out, this will be... Uh, yeah, it'll be late. over by then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. That's the hardest thing. I just had uh, Luke on from the 3% Man page, and he was doing a review of Benny Lichtenwalner's uh, dating coaching uh, course. And Benny, uh, at the time of that recording, was getting ready to do a big retreat in January. And I was like, this isn't coming out until like April, man. So sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah, you guys, you guys yeah. missed it. But yeah. uh, but if you have them frequently, then people yeah, could yeah. probably check your website then to, to see when the next one is. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, what I'm actually building is a forum, which is going to go on indefinitely as well, because I've had, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I was basically originally just London based in the UK, mm-hmm. but because of the lockdowns, I started opening it up to lots of different guys. And then it made sense to actually start a, a forum, which is like a small subscription fee, about 11 pounds. It's about, well, I don't know what the exchange rate is like now, but it's usually about $15, something like that a month. Mm-hmm. And you have a weekly meditation, a weekly men's meeting, all the Awaken Man courses are there in a forum to chat about all those men's issues we were touching on earlier as well. So so yeah, that's that's part uh, of 2021's plan. Very good. I, speaking of the lockdown, I know, uh, like I talked to some of the other guys from England in the group, and I know that like London, or not London, but uh, but England in general, and it, it, I guess it varies on what town you're in, but there's it's pretty well locked down right now again. Um, how, how's that been impacting you uh, it, just in, on a day-to-day basis? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a good question, man. I mean, to be honest, because I run an online business, it wasn't too bad at first. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of people looking for something in lockdown, which is going to be productive so that it did bring in quite a bit of business and, and also uh, kept me quite busy, but there's no doubt about it. You do get a bit stir crazy. Um, When you say it's lockdown in, in London, it is lockdown in London. There's just nothing open apart from the local grocery stores and convenience stores. Mm -hmm there's not really that much you can do. I mean, when we had the earlier lockdowns, it was actually a really good opportunity to, to go on dates, I found, because they were simple, um, dead easy to just go for a little walk. There's nothing else you can really do. It gets you out the house, it gets her out the house. And also, because it's just a little walk, if you're not keen, you can just, <laughs> you can just leave that. And you know what I mean? It was just a yeah. simple yeah. walk. You're not wasting any money going to any sort of flash places or anything like that. So I find it quite a, uh, quite a good thing for that. And, uh, and then I actually met someone. So then we started dating a bit during lockdown. So in that sense, it hasn't been too bad for me because I've been able to work and see someone, but since they've shut the gyms, it has, there has been a bit of a toll. Um, And I think again, have to count my blessings because I think once you open yourself up to the sort of material we were talking about earlier, these sorts of books and the sort of guides on YouTube, you'll find who talk about the same things. It really does help push you through and pull you through, especially when you've got a meditation practice as well. But I do know lots of friends who really struggled. I mean, there's guys who've lost their jobs as well over here because the lockdowns have been so harsh. Uh, so some guys have really been struggling. I'm, about getting by, but I am hitting that point now where you get a bit stir crazy because you just can't go outside. But, you know, got a man up, push through, and hopefully by February, March time, they'll open things up again and life can somewhat get back to some normality. Yeah, that would be really nice. I, uh, I, I, I'm really blessed because I live in the middle of nowhere in Western Colorado. So, oh, nice. Like it's, the lo- I mean, when at the very beginning of the pandemic, like everything was locked down, just like everything everywhere else. But when they started realizing that we just weren't having the same number of cases that yeah. everywhere else was, because it's a smaller community, they they got a variance from our governor, so uh, they started opening things up a lot more. And then eventually, like all the businesses around here were just like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so like no one follows the rules, no one wears masks. It's almost like life is as usual uh, where I'm at. Uh, oh, but yeah, awesome. but I hear, I hear stories from all the guys uh, in the group uh, in just various parts. And some people are really struggling. Yeah. Like they can't get dates. They have, when they reach out, like women just do not want to meet up in person. They only will do video dates. And like, after a while that 
that gets old, you know? And uh, so I was just curious what, what it was like for you, but it sounds like you're still able to meet up with people and, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm sort of breaking a couple of rules by doing that. But on the whole, you're supposed to just sit at home doing nothing. And there was this yeah. big joke going around that basically, effectively, the UK government tried to ban <laughs> going out drinking and having sex, which... <laughs> right, yeah. That's not happening. Like, you're not going to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they had limited success with that one. But, um, but you know, it, it has it has been pretty rough. But like I say, I mean, I've, I've pretty much been able to to push through by focusing on my own business and, and dating this girl. And I think you are allowed to see one person, I think. To be honest, no one really understands what, what the rules are. But yeah. I'm a little jealous of you, to be honest, man, because one, Colorado, from what I've seen, is really naturally beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And uh, secondly, just to have so much space, because in London, everyone's cheek by jowl, you know. Yeah. It's one big sort of New York City, really, over here. And it's... Uh, means everybody and everything gets locked down yeah if you're listening from california you wouldn't like it here please don't move here um <laughs> just saying just putting that out there yeah what <laughs> one of the blessings i found from the pandemic though was uh, during the pandemic that was the first time that i invited a chick directly to my house on like a second date because before that i was always under the you know the mindset that women don't sleep with you on, until the third date. So don't even bother inviting them over, you know? And, but then when, when there's nothing else going on, you're like, okay, well, we had our first date at the pic, at, like as a picnic at the park, what else were we going to fucking do? Why don't you mm. come over and I'll cook you dinner. Mm. And then it was just like, oh shit, this is like magic. They come over on the second date. <laughs> Amazing. But that's it, man. That's it. But you do the right thing that you've got to improvise, haven't you? You know? In these times, you just got to do what you can and improvise and take advantage of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one blessing I would say. I, I'm, I, I'm one of those people that tries to look for the positive and and everything. So I would say that that was a major positive last year when everything was like super locked down. Yeah, no, nice one, nice one. Um, okay, what, what, what are the belts you got behind you there? Oh, I'm just a big nerd. I have. Uh... <laughs> I have the AEW championship belt replica there and then the NWA world's heavyweight championship replica there. I'm a big wrestling guy. I got into it when I was in the Navy years ago and just, it's still real to me. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I thought you might be a world champion wrestler of Colorado or something. Yeah. Well, that's what I tell the ladies. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just, a, I'm just a super fan. That's all. Like if, if I was a super star Wars fan, it, I would have like, you know, X wings and shit back there. Um, all right. Well, I got one more question for you and then I'll, I'll go ahead and let you go. Um, I like to ask this for pretty much everybody uh, that joins me from the group, but what does being a 3% man mean to you? Mm, yeah. Good question, man. Well, I think, for starters, it's, it's, as I said earlier, I think more than anything else, it's more than women. It's more than work. It's about building that internal knowledge of who and what you are in the world. And once you've got that, the rest kind of follows. Then it's dotting the I's and crossing the T's stuff. It takes a bit of time to learn the basics, but it's fundamentally about living out an energy and tapping in, if you like, to a knowledge which is which is deeper than, than what you'll ever be offered in society. But fundamentally, it's not just a knowledge that you have intellectually, it's that you actually live out. Then obviously comes the application of it to women. And then I think it's not just about dating the women. It's not about having success with women. But it's also like, I think Corey Wayne says, says in, in the book, it's also just about loving the experience about enjoying what you're learning in real time, about embracing it. And, and I totally do get what he says when he says, like, I'm fascinated by women. I never had that approach before. Like, it was always, I want, I want, I want something from you. Mm-hmm. Once you learn to just be interested in them, it's, it's a higher level consciousness almost, because it's all about embracing what they are in their own fullness and not trying to put labels on them and learning as you go, learning from them and then applying that to the material you've learned. And it creates this sort of balance. And I think that that, creates a sort of warmth and a goldenness inside you, which just makes dating so much fun. And I think women and other guys, and whether it's at work, people pick up on that, you know, and I think it functions as sort of a tool which attracts things to you, it attracts positivity to you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. Well, 
Richard, it's been a real pleasure, man. So your website, once again, is awakenedman.co.uk and then you're Awakened Man on YouTube, right? That's bang on, Manny. Awakenedman.co.uk, Awakened Man on YouTube and my book, From Lost Boy to Awakened Man. You can just search it in Google and it will come up if you're interested in checking that out. And there's loads of stuff on the website, as you kindly pointed out, and lots more on YouTube as well. So, yeah. Great. And I'll, I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes, but uh, I really appreciate you joining me today. This has been a really good conversation. Yeah. Awesome. I really enjoyed it, buddy. And it's great to connect as well. I shall see you in the group. And uh, if you want to do any more podcasts or chats, just let me know. It'd be good to catch up down the line. Yeah. Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you later. Awesome, man. Sweet. Richard, thanks again for joining me. Everything you talked about was informative. As I mentioned in the show, all links to Richard's book, website, and YouTube channel, as well as his other book recommendations are in the show notes. All right, man. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.